Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good week? Yes. yes? Excellent. Excellent. I did too. Hey, I am really excited because this morning in this service, we get to uh, participate. We get to witness and be here. Well, three different people are being baptized, and that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to that. And one of the highlights uh, for me of a baptism service is hearing the stories of the different people who are being baptized. And some of them will be shorter, some of them will be longer. Uh, some of the people who are being baptized are younger, some are older. They're all different, and just seeing how God has worked in different people's lives uh, is just a blessing and an encouragement to me. And it never gets old because each person's story of how God has worked in their life is just a little bit different. And so I'm looking forward to that this morning. But before we do that, I want to spend just a few minutes uh, talking to you and sharing with you the story of the first man from Africa who ever became a follower of Jesus Christ. So I want to tell you a little bit about him. Uh, but to set the scene for that, I, I want to just mention something that was going on at that time in the history of the world. Uh, a couple of years after Jesus was crucified and after he rose from the dead, uh, Christians, the early Christians, began to be persecuted in the Roman Empire. Uh, they had been concentrated in the, the city of Jerusalem in Israel, but a persecution broke out against them, and so they were scattered throughout the Roman Empire. They're going different places all over the place, and everywhere they went, they were telling people about Jesus. And one of those disciples who had been scattered was a man named Philip. And I want to read some of the story of his interaction with a man from Ethiopia and how that brought that man from Ethiopia to faith in Jesus. And we're going to look in the book of Acts and Acts chapter 8. It was written by Luke, uh, the man who wrote the Gospel of Luke. You know the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke wrote a second volume to his Gospel, and we know that as the book of Acts. And so I want to start in verse 26 of chapter 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot and reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And so you've got this scene here. You've got this guy, Philip. God speaks to him and says, I want you to go down from Jerusalem, head south down to Gaza, and along the way, he runs into this man who's in a chariot. He's a man from northern Africa, uh, and he's on his way home from having worshipped in Jerusalem. And the text tells us that he was in charge of all of the treasury of the queen of Ethiopia. And that means that he was effectively, from our perspective, he wouldn't have been so much the treasurer of Ethiopia as the CFO, the chief financial officer. He has one of the highest positions possible uh, in, the, in the whole country of Ethiopia, which back in that day was much bigger and much more powerful than it is today. So this man, he's rich, he's well-educated, he's well-connected, he's powerful, he's influential, he has just about everything that somebody in that day could want. And so you've got to ask the question, what was he doing leaving Ethiopia and taking a 15, 1,600-mile trek up to Jerusalem. This is going to take him at least a couple of months in those days, a couple of months each way to go to Jerusalem just to worship the God of the Jews, not to worship one of the gods that they worshiped in Ethiopia, but to go to Jerusalem to worship the God of the Jews. 
This guy has everything that he could want, and yet something is missing in his life. Somewhere inside, he knew that life was more than money, and life was more than power, and life was more than prestige, and life was more than a fancy job title, and life was more than being well-connected to the government of Ethiopia at that time. And the same thing is true for us. If you talk to people, if, you, if, if we're honest with one another, we realize that life is more than getting on the train at 5.30 in the morning and going into work in the city or getting up and helping our kids with whatever need they may have or being a teacher or being whatever position that you have, whatever amount of money that you have, whatever prestige you have, whatever influence you have, whatever power you have, if we're honest with ourselves, I think we would all say that life is more than just those things. And this man from Ethiopia realized that as well. And so that's why he went to Jerusalem, to the heart of Judaism, because he wanted to try to find something that he was missing. But the problem was, when he got to Jerusalem, he couldn't find it there. And you see, the issue was he was a eunuch. In order to serve closely with a female member of the royal family, you, if you were a guy, you had to be a eunuch. You had to, it had to be impossible for you to have children. Otherwise, you couldn't be trusted to be one of her closest advisors. And we don't know if he was born that way. Maybe he was born that way. He was born without the ability to have children. And he figured to make some meaning out of his life, he was going to serve the queen because there wasn't much of a higher position that anybody who wasn't part of the royal family in those days could have. And so maybe he chose that because he had no other option. Or maybe he actually chose to have surgery because he was so wanted so much wanted to have that particular position that he was willing to give up the possibility of ever having children so that he could spend his life devoted to serving the queen of Ethiopia. You know, and we do the same things, right, don't we? We give up things that otherwise would be important to us. In fact, while we may not have surgery, sometimes we even sacrifice our families uh, on the altar of our jobs, of our careers. Or we sacrifice other opportunities that we might have because we think that if we sacrifice one thing, we'll gain something even greater. And that's what this man was doing, and that's what he chose to do. So for whatever reason, he chose to be, he was a eunuch, and that got him his job with the queen, but it didn't get him what he really wanted, because the problem was, as he found out when he got to Jerusalem, eunuchs were not allowed inside the Jewish temple. They were viewed as flawed. They were viewed as imperfect, and so they had to stay on the outside looking in. So he travels 1,500 miles, two or three months, all the way to get to Jerusalem. And when he gets there, he finds out he can't even go in and worship the way that he wanted to do. He was rejected. There was no place for this man in Jerusalem. So he gets back in his chariot and he heads back to Ethiopia. But that's when he met Philip. Continuing on in, in, in Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 29. The Spirit of God told Philip, and he said, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot. He heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up 
and sit with him. Now think of this from the perspective of the chariot driver, right? You've got this guy, he's a Jewish Christian refugee. He's running along the road. He's probably smelly. He's scraggly looking. And your boss says, hey, pick up, stop the chariot, pick up this hitchhiker and have him join us sitting here in the chariot. You know, bizarre scene from the perspective of that chariot driver. But if you go even a step further, you realize it's even more strange than that. Because in that day and age, in that culture, there is absolutely no way that those two men would have associated themselves with each other. From the Ethiopian eunuch's perspective, he himself, he's the CFO of Ethiopia. And there's this scraggly looking guy running up alongside of his chariot who, who says, do you understand what you're reading? There is no way that this guy would normally invite him to come up and to be in his chariot. And there is no way that a God-fearing Jew like Philip is going to associate himself with a, with a heathen in some sense, like this Ethiopian. And then when he finds out he's a eunuch, absolutely no way, apart from the work of the Spirit of God. God brings these two men together for a very important and very specific purpose. So let's keep reading. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And so the eunuch turns to Philip and he asks, he says, tell me please, who's the prophet talking about? Himself or somebody else? And then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Philip began with the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah in what we know to be the Old Testament. The New Testament had not yet been written. From the Old Testament, Philip shows this Ethiopian, this African, this man who is 1,500 miles away from his homeland, he tells him about Jesus. He explains to him that Isaiah, 800 years before all of this happened, Isaiah had prophesied that God was going to bring the Messiah to rescue the Jewish people, interestingly, from their bondage. He's going to rescue the Jewish people through this Messiah, but this Messiah is not going to end up being some sort of a military ruler, which is what the Jews were looking for. No, the Messiah is actually going to suffer, not for anything that he did, but he's going to suffer unjustly. He's going to die, not for anything that he did. He's going to die for the sins of the very people who were rejecting him, the very people who were persecuting him, the very people who were against him his own people, he was going to die a death that he did not deserve to die. The Messiah was going to sacrifice himself for the people who were rejecting him. The one who deserved to live was going to die so that those who deserved to die were going to live. So he explains all of this to the Ethiopian eunuch. And then he says to him, and that man, that Messiah, is the man, Jesus, who just probably two years ago was crucified. 
in Jerusalem in the very city that you just left. This man was crucified and then he rose again from the dead. His death has brought us life. But I think that Philip probably didn't just stay in Isaiah chapter 53. In fact, I wonder if he went just about three chapters later to Isaiah chapter 56, where God made a promise to eunuchs, where God made a promise to foreigners, where God made a promise to people who had been excluded from worshiping him. Take a look what what God says through the prophet Isaiah here in Isaiah chapter 56. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let no eunuch complain, I'm only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. And then God goes on to make a very similar promise, not just to eunuchs, but to foreigners. So whichever way the Ethiopian is seeing himself, as a foreigner, yes, he was, because he wasn't a Jew. As a eunuch, yes, he was. In both cases, he would be excluded from the worship opportunities, especially as a eunuch. And yet God is saying, a day is coming when you are no longer going to be excluded. And Philip says to him, that's because of what Jesus has done. That's because of what the one who was rejected just like you were rejected was done. The the, the eunuch had been rejected in Jerusalem and so had Jesus. The eunuch was suffering and so had Jesus. There was no place in Jerusalem for the eunuch, but there was a place for Jesus, uh, for the eunuch with Jesus. Why? Not because of anything that the eunuch had done, not because he was the CFO of of Ethiopia, not because he was rich, not because he was powerful, not because he was influential, not because he took three months of his life to travel 1,500 miles to Jerusalem, not because of who he was or anything that he had done. It was because of who Jesus was and what Jesus had done because the God of the universe loved that man, that Ethiopian eunuch, so much that he was willing to send his son to suffer, to be rejected in Jerusalem, the heart of Judaism, and to die, and then to rise again. That's why the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch, and all eunuchs, and all foreigners, and all people who look to Jesus to meet their deepest needs, who trust in him for their salvation. That's why they can be accepted. When the Ethiopian eunuch met Jesus, he found what he had been looking for, and that was a relationship with the God of the universe. Luke continues, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized that Ethiopian eunuch. Baptism is a way of saying, I am with him. I 
am with Jesus. And that's what the eunuch wanted. He wanted to say, I am with Jesus because he has met my deepest needs. He has provided for me what I have been looking for my entire life and what could not be provided for me by anything that I could do or anything that could be given to me. So he said, I'm with Jesus. And Philip said, great. And he baptized him. And this morning, each of the people being baptized has their own story. And they're not, none of them are exactly like the, the story of the Ethiopian eunuch, but they're not all that different. I mean, just like the eunuch, each of the people being baptized this morning has met Jesus. They've each found him in their own way, and he's changed their lives. For, for one of them, it might be forgiveness. For another, uh, it's cleansing from sin. It's cleansing from guilt. For another, it's the unconditional love that they never had growing up. For another person, it's finding meaning and purpose for their life. For someone else, it's being part of a community like Renaissance where they can be loved and accepted. Because at the heart of Christianity is a God who sacrificed his son for Jews and for Ethiopians, for women and for men, for the young, for the old, for single people, for those who are married. He even sacrificed himself for people from New Jersey, like us. <laughs> Jesus gave his life so that we might live. And when we're baptized, what we're saying is, I am with him. And that's what baptism is about. Let's pray together. Father, what an amazing thought it is to realize that you loved us so much that you were willing to send your son to die for us, that though he was going to be rejected, not for anything that he did, but for what we've done, yet you still sent him, not because of what we've done, not because of who we are, but because, because you love us. And Father, I'm, I'm grateful for the three who are being baptized uh, in, in this service this morning. And I pray for each of them uh, that as they uh, come up, this would be a really blessed day for them as they uh, just share a little bit about what you have done in their lives and why they want to be baptized. And I pray that as they go down under the water and come up, and as they look back uh, on this day in the coming weeks and months and years, that they would remember this day is the day when they said, I'm with Jesus. And I pray that that would be a blessing, not only to them, but also to us as we share in this celebration with them together. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen.